always is good to be here um, to worship with you, <coughs> learn something else of God's love. And so, uh, some Sunday mornings things are a little bit uh, disorganized. I know that you experience that as well as as uh, as as we do, <coughs> and so I feel a little bit like. Um, not sure how this is all going to come out <laughs> because as you see I have the easel thing and I'm not sure if this is the right uh, marker or not uh, does anybody know if this is okay to use it says a highlighter <laughs> and when I can you see that alright okay so um, anytime I get a little bit too far away from this area, I get a little bit out of my comfort zone, <laughs> and I get nervous and and, and shake, you know, like this. And but uh, um, my desire, I, I generally when I prepare to preach or to teach something or to speak, I, I ask myself the question. What is it that I'm trying to convey, or what am I trying to say today? What, I, what do I want you to learn? And I think it, what I, what I want to say to that is that the value of God's love. And I, I think maybe I speak about that a lot, or I, I have it a part of a message whenever I do preach, because I just can't get enough of it. And having experience some of God's love, I, there's, I know there's more to be had, and I want that. And so I speak about it uh, quite a bit. And, and I can't deny what I believe. I can't be what I am not. And, and I think for a large part of my life, I have tried to be what I'm not, to get approval, to get recognition. And I realize the biggest part of my life has been lived. And since I've been in the hospital, my focus has changed. And it just, I feel good about that. And the things that I have to leave behind that I know I will never get done, that's kind of hard, but it's okay. And so, my desire today is to just convey more of the value of God's love. And the, one of the scriptures that we had in Sunday school, I really liked, and I wanted to share that with all of you, is Colossians chapter 2 and verse 2. And we read it this morning. Didn't specifically talk about it, but that's okay. But here it says, My purpose is that their hearts joined together in love may be encouraged. Paul writing here, and then he says, May they have all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, leading to a true knowledge of the mystery of God, which is Christ. That's what I strive for anymore. I, I want more of that, and it seems like uh, I'm experiencing a, a more of a peace when I shift my focus from what I want to accomplish to what God is doing and stop and look and listen. In other words, I, I want to yield more 
to what God is doing. And when we yield, it's like at a, at a, at a, at a Y or at an intersection or if we come up to a train track, a railroad track, we yield, we stop, and we look, and we listen. And I think that sign used to be on most railroad crossings, and I don't know if it still is or not, but it has that cross where it says railroad crossing. And it's not like we uh, just, well, sometimes we do. We just slow down and then just zoom across because there's nothing coming. But the value of stopping looking and listening is much what I am beginning to do more of when I think about God and, the, and of all of who He is and what He is doing. And it requires that we yield to Him. And so today, kind of um, what I want to write down, I'm going to ask you, in your conversations in life with people, um, has there ever been a conversation that you had with somebody and they shared with you why they don't go to church? I don't go to church because. Are there anyone? I'm going to write them down here. <coughs> if I can talk. <coughs> I want to be a little bit interactive with you. Have you ever had anybody say, I don't go down to church because. Full of hypocrites. Yeah, that's the one I had thought of. Hypocrites. I'm not writing very big because I'm figuring you have a lot of uh, conversations. I don't even know how to spell hypocrite. Is that it? Hypocrite? <laughs> Anything else that you have heard people say? It's not my thing. Good. Not. You do? <laughs> I can worship at home. Okay. Worship at home. Not enough time? Well, we'll just put down here time. Okay. Those are. stay at home yeah I've thought of this why don't we have once a month have no church we just stay at home and have <laughs> we take that up in leadership then. <laughs> um. yeah use Jesus and church as a crutch on Sunday. That kind of what, what you said. So why don't we just put down a crutch? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> clothes. Nice clothes I put down. Well, I wonder what's that saying. Okay. Nice clothes. Well, those are a good amount of things. And, yeah, that's interesting. Well, there's any more that you can think of. <coughs> Lazy. <laughs> good. 
I don't want to go to church because I'm too lazy. That's being really honest there. But uh, if you think of more, we can, we can add them later too. There's, uh, I, I found a list of, of seven. I'm not sure how many we have there, but uh, in an article that I read concerning this, <coughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, we have eight. But they also have hypocrisy. And this is some, comes out of a, a survey that some, someone actually did. Um, the first one they had was irrelevant, that the church has become irrelevant, which what they had, uh, what that means is kind of like, uh, it's not my thing. In other words, they, or we can worship at home. Uh, it's become irrelevant because, yes, it's true, you can worship at home, or you can go to somebody else's home and, where two or three are gathered, God is there, right? And uh, another one they have here, God is missing, which is sad. Um, another one I thought was really interesting was that you're not allowed to doubt. And so there needs to be a, I think some people will feel like, is there is there a place I would like to share what I feel like? I just doubt this and and perhaps people make them feel no, you just shouldn't doubt you just you know believe another one was uh, uh, we're not learning about God or Jesus and there's no new insights about faith and the last one of is lacking community and some of these well maybe it should be a question of us here at Mount Zion what of these that we mentioned here and that I read um, are we not? I, I think we do really well with community. We have, that's happening amongst us. Could be more at times, uh, but, but it is happening. And there's new, like we, we have um, new insights about faith. As we teach, I, I feel like Brendan and Austin, in particular, do very well in in uh, showing us new insights. And we are learning about God and Jesus. I, I think that's we have that here. Um, God is not missing here. I believe. I believe it's very evident. And the other things that we mentioned here. So. Do these, I, I have a few scriptures that I want to read, and then we'll go into some, in some more questions maybe. Um, and uh, just, I think it's food for thought is my, my point today too, is just something for us to take home with us to think about. Uh, personal responsibility uh, in, in these uh, excuses that people give us and um, to not be that. In other words, and uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to read from two scriptures from Psalms, one from Luke, one from Hebrew, which would be my, my favorite one concerning this, and then one in Acts. In Psalm 122, verse 1, it says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. In Luke 4, 16, it says, and he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, 
he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And so I was kind of wondering about a couple of the words there uh, when it says, as was his custom. And what does that refer to? And what does that mean? It's a behavior based on tradition or custom. And it's doing what one is accustomed to do. So Jesus was accustomed to go to the synagogue on, on the basis of habit and tradition. Now, a question that I thought about when, when I read that was, uh, if, like if we come to church here, because it, it is part of our tradition, we grew up as church people, born again, and mom and dad did that, and their mom and dad did that, does it mean that it's always like, wow, something really amazing happens, or something really glorious happens when we just do what we're accustomed to do. I don't think it always does. Sometimes it's a dry day for us at church. Sometimes nothing happens, or we just, you know, we go home, we, eh, whatever, it's not. But we don't stop. We do as Jesus did. We are accustomed. We keep going. And this synagogue that he's talking about here was, is an assembly formally gathered together to offer prayer and listen to the reading and the exposition of the Holy Scriptures. Okay, Psalms 134, 1 to 3, it says, Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. <coughs> and this has the idea that this is also, um, it says, servants, all of you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord, has the idea of uh, a continuation, of perhaps a whole day and on into the evening. And it gave the, the uh, remember the story of prophetess Anna in the temple. She went there and at the age of 84, she stayed there in the temple because she loved uh, and was waiting for the Savior to come, and then he did show up when she was there. So it's the idea of just a continual and staying, perhaps sometimes into the night, in the house of the Lord. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So when we consider each other, how to stir up one another, what does that look like? It means to perceive clearly how to stir up one another, and, and not neglecting to meet together simply means to not leave behind or to abandon or to desert meeting, meeting together. And, and the word, uh, as is the habit of some, it, it brings out the point that there's some people that have quit, have decided they're not going to do it anymore. And what was the reason? It's basically the same, it's the same word that's been used up here in one of the other scriptures that I have talked about when it said, as was his custom. Um, on the basis of uh, behavior based on tradition or custom. And so it seemed like at that point what uh, the writer of Hebrews was saying is that it had gotten to the point that it became a custom for somebody to, to just quit coming for whatever reason. But we should keep coming together to meet together to encourage one another 
and all the more as the day is approaching, that day meaning the end of time. And we hear more talk about that because of just the way things are in the world and society and so on. It seems like it's coming quicker. It seems like it's time. And maybe so more for us who are older. I don't know. Acts 9.31 So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And it multiplied. The peace that he's talking about is a, a wholeness. Uh, the church had, because they, I believe, continued in the things, and as their custom and their tradition had, they kept coming together, and then there was peace, meaning a wholeness. And there were being each other, or everyone was being built up. Uh, they were helping each other to stand, to be strong, to be sturdy. And then the walking was an interesting part. I think King James Version talks about living in the fear of the Lord and, and uh, the ESV and says, and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit means to travel. In other words, it's our, <clears throat> it's moving. And as we go, we build each other up. And then there's peace. Or there's peace and we build each other up either way. <clears throat> Now, I thought about taking this a step further and thinking about us in our, in our history as, not, not as Mount Zion necessarily, but our lives. And those of us who are older maybe have more to say to this, but there's times when, <clears throat> I can just speak for myself, okay? There's times in my life when things weren't as important like church. And there was a time when I wanted to quit going to church. What are those reasons? What, what reasons would you think about as you have went through life? And I'm, if you are like me, <clears throat> there's moments and times when you say, well, I'm just not going to church anymore. Sarah could tell you this season that I went through where I did stop. And had a friend that invited me to meet with him at McDonald's in Mount Vernon on Sunday mornings. And so I did. And I don't know how many Sundays, <coughs> but I knew that it wasn't working. Sarah was at home. Our girls were at home. I was doing church, <laughs> just making another box, in other words. But I think we, we have all been through, I'm assuming that, and it's, and it's a kind of an opinion of mine that we have went through sometimes times of just maybe not caring or, or maybe we were hurt or maybe we didn't feel like it was safe or so on. Which takes me kind of into the ending of, of what I want to share this morning. <clears throat> Could the conclusion of these reasons, the excuses that these people have given and, and sometimes I have had in my life, does it, would it indicate... Or does it indicate? I'm just throwing this out for you to think about. Would it indicate a level of security or safety that we feel in church? <clears throat> and where are we at Mount Zion <clears throat> in that uh, category or department? I've... Uh, 
I just have some thoughts that I want to share with you. Could, could Mount Zion or could we be a place? And, and I believe we are becoming this. And I want to applaud all of you for, for uh, being this, becoming this more and more. I think we can be a little better. Could Mount Zion be a place so safe that I could reveal my worst and be loved more, not less? Is that possible? And what, what would that look like? Okay, what? <laughs> I'm not sure exactly, but I've got an illustration. <clears throat> a couple months ago, here in the, the men's uh, Sunday school, uh, Hadley was with Ben, and she wanted to go to Grandpa. And so, I don't know, Phil, if you, like, you know how we do. We say, come here. And Hadley starts to go towards Phil, and just before she got there, she just hops. And this morning, it's the same thing happened with Colton. He came out of Sunday school, and when he saw Brandon, he just hopped and went right to him. I don't know if we're going to be hopping here or not, but I, I feel like it illustrated that Phil was a safe place and Brandon was, and the children know that with their parents. I, I was just amazed. I, I feel like a good illustration of if I feel like somebody, a group of people, is a safe place, I'm attracted to it. I, I want to be there with those people, with you here. Does our being a safe place or lack of depend on how safe we feel God is? And why do we feel God is safe and why do we feel that maybe he's not? It has something to do with the trust in him. And, and it's a growing thing, I believe, in our lives that we get to. We trust him more as we, as we uh, walk in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It builds. And sometimes I have in the past, I say, well, God is a very safe place, and then I live opposite of that. I have a couple what-ifs. And then I'm, then I'm going to be done. I have uh, one more question that I would like for you to just take with you. And uh, what ifs? What if I know I have worth because of God's choice of fully loving me? What if? I feel I have worth because God's choice of fully loving me. Okay, then I don't have to manufacture a reason to be loved. And then I can instead love you and offer you affirmation and attention. I, I, uh, these what-ifs aren't original with me. I'm reading a book right now. And have you ever read it? Those of you who read books uh, and love it a lot, do you ever feel like when you're sharing some, to somebody with the, uh, about the book, you say, I just couldn't put it down. I just had to read it, and I read the whole thing in one sitting. Have you ever said that? Or, or you get that feeling. This book that I'm reading is a book that I have to put down because I can't get it all. I for sure 
will not read it in one sitting. That's how I feel about a good book, is when I put it down and I think about it and process what I have read. And these are some of the things that this book has. I, there's uh, more what-ifs, but I only want to share with you two of them today. The next one is, what if I know his acceptance of me is irrevocable? Meaning it doesn't change. So what if I know his acceptance of me is irrevocable? Okay, then I don't have to gossip about you in order to build myself up. I can instead protect your heart and build you up. What if? And where do, how can we get to that point where this what if is absolutely true of my heart and it is absolutely true of how I act and respond and react and how I function. That's where I want to be. The question that I want to leave with you is could Mount Zion be a place where people lose the reason for not going to church? I answer yes, we can be. <clears throat> I like friend and close. <clears throat>